Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cana Rinse Podcast, Volume 4, Issue 176. You can play along with Cana Rinse Volume 4 as a certain core of the Cana Rinse community does. Next up, we've got God Hand, then it's Too Human. Following that, we conclude our eight podcast Silent Hill series with Downpour, after that, Killer 7, and then. This is the first time we've mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, it's Halo 2. Now, we have done Halo or Halo Anniversary before, um, but we've decided in the run-up to Halo 5 that we're going to uh, cover the other Halos. So um, you can look forward to that. Uh, head to canarince.com for that full schedule up to uh, the end of the volume. Uh, the blog links to our shop where you can buy lovely merchandise and support what we do. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and, of course, a YouTube channel. You can hear lots of Darren Gargett on there, which is always a nice thing. Uh, we also have another podcast called Sound of Play, and that's all about our love of video games music. There are now uh, about 15 of those out, I think. Um, so uh, fill your ears and please review, rate, and most importantly, do subscribe to both of our podcasts on iTunes. I say that is most important, but please do remember, if you uh, if you do happen to drop by iTunes, um, Leave us a review or rate us. Excellent. Thank you. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, we have Tony Atkins. Hello. And Carl, Nazis on the Moon. Hey, guys. I should have said Guten Tag, shouldn't I? Guten Tag. <laughs> mein Leben. My, uh, no, it's not in this one. Disappointing. Does no one say my life when you kill... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll issue a spoiler warning... Um, and now this game is uh, this game is quite story heavy. I don't know how much we'll actually sort of tell you of it. I don't know how much it um, it spoke to uh, the panel that we've ended up with. Um, unfortunately, once again, uh, Andy Hamilton of Midnight Resistance was due to join us, but is unable to for reasons, uh, which is a shame because he, you know, he's a he's a huge fan of this game. Um, but you can, I do recommend, in his absence, um, you go and check out his review on Games Radar because he's one of those freelance journalist types, uh, of Wolfenstein the Old Blood. Now, we're not going to be covering that in this podcast because three of us haven't played it. Well, Carl's just looked at it, basically, and uh, neither Tony nor I have played it yet. Um, I'm waiting probably for the disc because it's a 37-gig download. But by all accounts, (laughs) um, it's far too new for us to review it, but by all accounts, the, the... the critical appraisal has been positive and uh, for £14.99 in, in English money, sounds like it's a bit of a bargain. It um, also I'm wasn't out when we set the show together. was no word of it being out. No, that's it. So. Yeah, that, this sort of keeps happening. Um, hmm. And uh, yeah, so there it is. So that is actually, we, we, we planned to do the Wolfenstein series up to date, but we've been scuppered in those yeah. plans because uh, developer Machine Games decided to do this interesting standalone prequel um it's not DLC. It's a it's a standalone prequel. I mean mm. that that that's what it is. It's just a shorter game. But um, I'm really interested to see because it sounds like um, they really obviously it's got a, f- a smaller number of levels than the New Order. But presumably that gave them you know they had a year to basically fine hone um, some of that some of those sections. So well, yeah, I've, should... I've given them my money. So I'll be looking forward to, to uh, take my to money. Play. Yeah. So. All right, so Machine Games, we've mentioned them. Now, we've recently, uh, I say recently, over the last two to three years, covered uh, several games by Starbreeze Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done The Chronicles of Riddick. We've done The Darkness. Is that all of them? So Brothers. Brothers, yeah. brothers of course. Of course, brothers, yes. So, yeah, um, um, so we're kind of keeping up with, with what was Syndicate? Starbreeze. 
and Syndicate. Oh, yeah. and, and Syndicate. And as a self-confessed <laughs> Starbreeze fanboy, of course, I was going to be on this one as well as all the others. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. so this is not Starbreeze, but yeah. this is a studio born out of some key stuff. Uh, it, it, I want to say Jerk Gustafsson, but I assume, I assume it's Yerk, uh, who is the president and CEO, who is a former... Uh, a former Starbreeze um, person. And, I mean, not only is he the, the the founder and CEO of Machine Games, but he's also the director of this game, the chief writer on this game, the chief designer on this game. You can pretty much say this is, uh, with, a, with a lot of help from a lot of talented people, a Jörg Gustafsson um, you know, joint <laughs> joint yes indeed uh bethesda published it as as they do a lot uh for a lot of stuff these days and um yeah when it came out it came out in uh what month was it uh, may yeah. last year it's a year ago it's it's a year ago um and uh the reviews were solid but not sort of spectacular um it uh, reviewed between sort of uh, high 70s for the last gen versions, the PS3 version, and all the way up to sort of 83, 84% for the, uh, for the new gen and PC versions. So, you know, solid, excellent scores, but it wasn't a game that came out necessarily to, you know, the sort of fanfare that some, some titles do. And I think my personal feeling and perception was that that played into its favor in that a lot of the word of mouth I saw about this game at the time, which is what led me to play it, was probably more positive than it would have been had this game been given 95% must play this game, best game ever. Justification uh, crew. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, I think there's certain, there is certainly something there that, that if a game is reviewed that highly, people start looking for the reasons why it shouldn't. Yes. And, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, we, we say that it didn't score exceedingly high, but I would say the... Even the high seventies and mid eighties are oh, considerably yeah. higher than anyone was expecting for a lot of the, the differences title. here. Possibly there so, was yeah. a lot of yeah. chatter about, okay, well, this was my game of the year, which you know, yeah, you think game of the year normally, you know, what probably advocates around ninety ninety five. You know, there's, there's, there's no formula well, to it, but generally. But there's a there's yeah. a big difference between a critical consensus game of the year and an individual person's taste game and of the year. And last year was a bit funny so. for game of the year. And last year was a bit funny. And yeah, da, 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 it was, da, 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 it was certainly a strange year. And I, th- I think one thing that's quite interesting leading up into this is that perhaps the 2009 release had harmed Wolfenstein as a franchise. If if the franchise had that much behind it since Return to Castle Wolfenstein, anyway, and it was very much in its design that it was going to be of the old school style shooter it wasn't going to necessarily fall in line with what was deemed uh, commonplace in many of the others it was going to implement obviously a cover system but other than that it was very much old school and it's a, it's a shame because obviously we mentioned that Andy's no longer on this podcast and I'm going to use the L word here he was literally the only person on my Twitter feed that was talking about Wolfenstein prior to its release <laughs> with yeah. me yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, um, I mean, I remember it was, it was when I was working for press association that this game was, uh, imminent and I, did it get delayed? Because I remember thinking at one point that I would be reviewing it and then, but that might've just been the the way, uh, the job went, but I, I remember, believe, I believe it got, it got delayed by a, a, a round a fortnight oh, um, okay. because there was a bit of confusion of whether it was out or whether it wasn't as, as a lot of games that don't have that massive press or that massive, huge push behind them you're not entirely sure you, it still happens obviously it was more common way back in the 90s of is it actually out <laughs> is, yeah, sure. is, it in, is it in the stores sure. yet um but yeah it, obviously it came out 
towards the latter end of May, and I believe it was supposed to be a start of May. Release. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I, I thought at some point I was sort of expecting it in 2013, but I was basically already, as a big fan of uh, legendary Manchester band New Order, I was basically planning on writing a review that was entirely made up of uh, of New Order references. Didn't happen, sadly. Um, so I've done a few on Twitter today. Um, but yeah, I picked up this game uh, a little after release. I, I uh, didn't have any money really last year, but I managed to scrape together some funds and some trade-in to get this. Uh, and this was based on um, you know a lot of a strong word of mouth. Um, and I played it pretty intensively and extensively for uh, a good few weeks until I'd done everything and got the Platinum Trophy on PS4. So um, that's my history. Uh, Carl, I guess you were day one. Yeah, and it was it was strange because obviously, as I mentioned, I was talking this over with Andy for a good week or two weeks saying about how, you know, I was looking forward to playing an old school shooter and I was getting a bit jaded with, with these mechanics that we're getting in games now. And mm. it came to the day and I was a little bit short on cash and I was like, well, do I, don't I? And I was weighing it up and eventually it got to around lunchtime and I thought, you know what, sack it. And I walked into town. It's an hour <laughs> walk each way. And I thought... We've all I been walk- there. Yeah. Yeah, so I walked some, in. Some responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> walked in. Decided, I think I traded a few things. Um, it, it was at Granger Games and you know they, they have a pretty decent trade policy, thank goodness. Mm. And I was able to pick it up. I walked home and I, obviously I ended up getting it day one. Um and then so played yeah, it three it, weeks it, from there. It, no, no, it was actually, <laughs> this is one of the unusual times where I got it day one and actually played it straight away. Yeah, and uh, all the way through, um, did you max out as I did? This this is an interesting one because I started playing this a lot and I've mentioned my father plays games quite a lot on this podcast as well and he yes. saw me playing it and he was like, well, I'll be borrowing that. And, you know... <laughs> You, you got to sort of respect them, and eventually it was, you know, he'd take it and then I'd take it back, and I, it was going back and forth for a few nights, and all of a sudden he came in one day with a second copy, also on the PS4, and oh. it was it was a case of, he's not willing to wait anymore, I'm not willing to wait anymore, so I ended up with two copies <laughs> within the first week of Wolfenstein The New Order. Once I got it back, that was it, straight through. Um, I actually did the went straight through on Uber first, uh, yeah. because... You know, yeah, I didn't I, do that. I, I, I like the challenge, and then obviously I realised that there was a way around getting the Uber trophy anyway. Yes. Yeah, um, so yeah, I went straight through on Uber, then returned back through, went uh, and got the uh, the collectibles after that on a, on a second run almost immediately. Cool. Now I'm sure there are many uh, many regular listeners who are uh, envious of uh, not only a, a having a great a great relationship with a father, but a gaming father at that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You're a lucky guy. Uh, Tony, I believe you've just played this in time for the podcast. Yeah, uh, well, that this whole um, series of podcasts was set out because um, we looked at our list. Wolfenstein was one that was, you know, the, the new order was talked about very highly, and we, we were trying to think: do we just cover Wolfenstein new order? And you know, we just don't do things like that on Kane and Rinse, so we had to go all the way back <laughs> to the very start, and that was November. That's a while ago now. Yeah. November. I'm not sure, but uh, we I think talked November. About the... I think I saw a picture of, um, of oh, okay. me playing Wolfenstein 3D in November. So it may have been before okay. that. Right. Um, but we decided to, to to do it instead of our usual, you know, once a month we'd spread it over a long period of time. And um, my end goal of of that was to go through all the games uh, back to yep. back to back and and finishing off with the new order. Of course, now I have to play the old blood. But back when we started that out, that wasn't the case. So no, I hadn't played it. Um, 
and it was on the must want you know must play because um it's one of those titles that have been you know word of mouth and that's always the strongest thing word of mouth um but yeah we've had a great journey of getting up to this point by playing all the other wolfenstein games um yeah, uh, the only ones we didn't uh, finish were the very uh, the original uh, 1981 and 1983 or 4 Castle Wolfensteins, um, which proved to be uh, a step too far to actually yeah, beat. Uh, but we did, we did, uh, we we played them, we sampled them, we talked about them, um, we slightly betrayed our, our our rule set on Cane and Rinse, but <laughs> there were reasons, believe me. Yeah, it's but, a good show. It, yeah. it was it was still a fascinating um, podcast, and obviously, yeah, we we went back to uh, Wolfenstein. 3d which for a lot of people is where the the series started anyway so um yes all those podcasts are out there but um, the, the nice thing about this obviously is i've got to see you know the series progress over you know say a, a six month period um yeah. you know combinating with with the new order so uh yeah i'm i'm new to it i only played it over the last fortnight and finished it off actually last night i, was, I wasn't in any rushed you know i was like i must get it done for the show so it was just uh, level every every other night and, and just play for it nicely naturally what um, sort of difficulty would you Just normal. I, I didn't... Yeah. I, I know about the Uber trick, so I was like, I don't know, maybe I won't put myself through the pain. But I played, um, uh, was it 2009 or Wolfenstein? I knew and it wasn't too bad. So who knows? But yeah, just mm. just just normal. Just played through it. And, Which uh, format? Xbox One. So, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, so uh, the game sold uh, according to our one and only resource, vgcharts.com, who we have to trust in the absence <laughs> of anything else. Uh, the game sold uh, just under 3 million copies in total. Now, I don't know if that... Uh, I, I assume these days they must be somehow logging downloads as well as physical copies because otherwise, kind of, what's the point? But uh, that's the figure we've got. Um, obviously, uh, fewer copies were sold on uh, PS3 and 360, although I can speak with no... Uh, Authority. I understand those are reasonable versions. You know, in a in a I'm in a last gen way. <laughs> Uh, probably yes. Mm. They, these these are quite as we've seen from the the thirty seven gig download of, mm. of the uh, yeah. of the standalone prequel. These are these are quite gig heavy, which is weird because some of the textures I have to say on PS four were a little bit underwhelming. So it's it's the it, it's the downside of id Tech five. id Tech, the right, engine that's okay. built. It uses the mega texture system from um, right. that we saw in Rage, which basically puts loads of textures on one massive sheet, and it, instead of actually having textures belonging to an object, they actually the big sheet of textures each has a location, like okay. coordinates, and, the, and yeah. it pulls the coordinates from that sheet. It's it's <laughs> the technology that was uh, done by Carmack, right. <laughs> who's right. a genius in his own right. Um, and yeah. that that's obviously the nature. His textures are often the, the, the big part of a game using yeah. that style. That's why it holds so much size. Sure. Uh, and the PC version, as as is normally the case, sold uh, fewer copies, um, around a third of a million as well. Um, obviously, I expect that was the one that was the pirated the most as well. Uh, but over on Xbox One, it sold half a million copies. And as you'd expect from the current market leader, current gen console, the PS4 uh, sold the most units at 1.2 million, which is uh, not unhealthy at all. It's kind also of... gone on sale a whole bunch of times now. I think we picked yes. up the Xbox One for 20 quid. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Good luck. So the scenario is the well. Although we start back in uh, in war times, Wolfenstein times, um, the situation here is that uh, as a Jewish American uh, series hero and stalwart B.J. Blazkowicz. <laughs> 
we uh, find ourselves injured and uh, with a bit of shrapnel and uh, sent to the loony bin um, for is it 16 years from 19, 19 14, 14 years, years. Mm. Yeah. Uh, from 1946 six. six right okay yeah so in this in this alternate world the war's still going in 46 uh, uh, the the war is over the mm-hmm. nazis won in 1960 in 1946 <coughs> the war is yeah, existing yeah that's what i'm saying yeah oh, so sorry, it, yeah. so it ran slightly later um, yeah. and then and in the alternate timeline uh yes blaskovitz finally uh comes out of his catatonic state um as bad things are happening in his asylum um in 1960 and yes he's informed much to his disbelief that the nazis won he immediately uh, wants to start working for the resistance freeing the resistance um, he's kind of told there isn't really a resistance, but he decides to get one going. Um, yeah, and th- that's that's where we come in. This is also a, a game that takes that uh, fantastic old idea, as we've seen in uh, in fiction, like uh, the film Iron Sky. Is that the name? Um, it's got the Nazis, the whole Nazis on the moon thing, which is uh, you know, it, it just fantastic example to take Wolfenstein yeah. <laughs> um, out of the atmosphere and into the Nazi moon base. Um, what what a joy! So this game also has, uh, as well as uh, a number of um, sort of uh, perhaps, should we say, more interesting characters than previous games in the series. I mean, I certainly think that's if, you, fair. Yeah. if you compare yeah. it to Wolfenstein 3D, which is obviously just well, it a, has a interesting character, which <laughs> yeah. is more than the other ones. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so the fact that it's actually got several in this that are interesting, um, yeah, it, it's quite surprising. Yeah. Yes, so uh, well-known voice actor who I think we've mentioned before on Kane Rins, Brian Bloom, um, voices uh, BJ. Um, that would he... be Silent Hill. I yes, believe. yeah, Silent Hill. Among, Silent Hill among Homecoming. Others. Yeah, indeed, among others. Um, but he ends up with a, a kind of ragtag group um, including um, some uh, some women, some female characters with which she has relationships. Gadzooks, women. I know. Um, and also uh, one of the other sort of uh, interesting facets of uh, the New Order as a game is that there are alternate timelines depending on a, a crucial life or death decision you make early on between uh, two of your colleagues. So um, either Fergus, the, the grizzled... Um, sweary Scotsman or Wyatt the wet behind the ears young knife I suppose is that fair is that yeah yeah Um, and you pretty much uh, early in the game relatively early in the game you get uh, you get captured by the returning um, big bad who is death's head and um, he pretty much gives you the option of which one you want to kill and this has this has uh, ructions that uh, reverberate throughout the rest of the story. Um, so, Tony, presumably you only went through one story. I did, yeah. Okay, interesting. Which one? Who did you? Who did you let live? And Fergus. Who, you let Fergus live. So you fought Wyatt's brain in a robotic jar. I did. Um, obviously, Cole and me have had a chat about this because he's like, "Why?" And my my reasoning being that um, if I was to get out of a, a situation, I'd need the grizzly old hand. That's probably... exactly what i thought yeah, the first why, time I played why, it. yeah because you know he's been there he's gonna get me out of the situation not like the young kid wet behind the ears i've had to save half a dozen times already so uh yeah yeah at the end i i'd be fascinated i am fascinated to go for it a second time to see because fergus is in it 
a fair bit, and the I, I guess the portrayal of who's the other guy, Wyatt, Wyatt, yeah, um, would be quite different because he is an angry Scotsman, and I guess <laughs> that wouldn't come across with Wyatt. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure you'll talk about uh, the way he he plays, but certainly Fergus plays as a you know a, a been there, done that. Uh, let's you know pull our, our sleeves up and you know kick Nazi ass. So, um, interesting character. Yeah, so let's talk sort of holistically about the the story, how we felt about these characterizations, and, and whatever you know, rather than going into uh, into every, every story, story beat. Yeah. Um, so my thing was, I went into this game, and, and again, because I was a couple of months after release, um, I'd seen you know and heard a lot of peer review saying, "Wow, you know, this story is quite moving and quite serious," and and I was kind of then taken aback by actually how much of it is still really silly you know so mm-hmm. i was expecting this um something more kind of um somber and darker in tone and it does have those moments it really does yeah. but it also has quite a lot of um traditional video gamey wolfensteiny uh bombast and and hyper extraordinary scenes of of um torture and violence and and uh, and that sort of thing so i was kind of i was slightly thrown for a loop because it wasn't quite the, uh, the the work of fiction I was expecting, um, but I enjoyed some of it. But I was also I was slightly put out by the amount that the tone kind of leapt around. Um, but uh, Carl, how did you feel in this way? I quite liked the fact that it it it, it was very. It it lived up to the fact that it was a Wolfenstein game. You know, we've yeah. mentioned before that other games are that title in name only and that the core concept of the game is completely different in this this feels like a wolfenstein game yeah but with layers um of of sorts yeah. in there you know it, it it goes for characters it goes for uh, mood it goes for events that happen um all of which were a bit of a surprise i mean flat out the best review that i read for wolfenstein was that the game that wolfenstein the new order has a story far beyond anything that it had any right to have, um, mm. which I, th- I think probably sums up the game, that it was actually attempting to add stuff to Wolfenstein game. Um, yeah. You know, it was quite dark. It was. It had moments of, as you mentioned, brutal torture right at the very start. Um, there, there are some parts that are quite shocking to see. Yeah, my, but my it, wife Liz said, I mean... Who who actually thinks up this stuff? You know they've actually had to program <laughs> that stuff. They must be some sick ass minds. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Which is the sort of comment you normally see about Mortal Kombat fatalities. Uh, yeah, but she watched exactly. the entire thing and loved the story. So you know, yeah, yeah. take that with a pinch of salt. But yeah, it was just sure. it was a funny comment thrown in there. Yeah, and it's something that I mentioned uh, recently in the Max Payne Three show is that certain things can be dark and surprising, but I felt that it helps the game, and I felt that those actually helped Wolfenstein. It was quite silly in places, which, again, took a lot of the... You know, you don't want too much of a dark thing. It, it can become a bit overwhelming, and I thought they added a little bit of levity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that it was overall an enjoyable blend because it was, as I keep mentioning, this game went for that old-school feel with some new-school features. And... I did the one thing I was really worried about heading into this is that it would lose that old school stuff because that's what I wanted to play. And it totally played its hand in that regard. It was absolutely wonderful in sticking to like that old style shooting, but it was aided. It used these little things, these little changes of tempo and pace and tone 
to give it a more modern feel because otherwise it you know it, it could have become quite easily stale this is a weird one for me because coming off of the back of all the other Wolfenstein games, um, story was not at the forefront of the concept of those games. And, no, um, yeah, and we we had we've had conversation on each one of them about the laughability of the plot, and but there's that's okay, you know. A lot of those games, they they kind of just stuck it out there and said, yeah, this is a facade for you to do shoot Nazis, and it was okay because of that. And even in two thousand nine, there was a a lot of I just want to call it the 2009 Wolfenstein. I, I guess we'll go with that. But um, there was a lot of promises about you know, you know, different branching paths you could take, and the open-ended nature of the story there. And it it wasn't. It was basically lies <laughs> to get you to to come and play their game. Um, with the new order, I find myself in a, a difficult position because one, it tries. Um, all the other Wolfenstein games, they've had attempts but they've all been laughable this one tries there is there's some moments in there where you do actually sit up and, and take note there's some actually very very well um read voiceovers um mm. the mm. To, to go with the story there's some absolutely superb camera work at times it's like you are watching a very very interesting put together art house you know french art house film with you know <laughs> you know, moving, you know, one shot moving camera that goes around the room as it, you know, takes in everybody's expression. And even Blaskowitz is, you know, a, a character now, not just a caricature. But like Leon says, then that sits really weird with the juxtaposition of occasionally they, they seem to just go, and sorry, I don't ever swear on this show, but F it. They just go F it and continue what the old style um, yeah, Wolfenstein's yeah, are. Yeah. And because they they've originally made the effort of of having a story which I I care about, to suddenly have the juxtaposition of a, a, a story that's a bit, at times complete and utter ass, um, it it just sits really you know it, there's no coherence to it. it. It feels like they don't really gel. It's like there's a you know someone doing an art house film major whilst you've got a teenage guy making his you know John Woo uh, Hollywood you know sub flick. It's it's really odd. And to me, unfortunately, that stuff doesn't quite, didn't quite gel together. So I actually found it to be, in the end, a bit more off-putting than I was, was after. That's, that's not to say there wasn't elements which I think should be applauded. And like I say, I think, you know, some of the, the more subtle moments of like him being drawn into light and, um, you know, some beautiful camera work and, you know, him with memories of what his future could be, etc. certainly towards the back end of the game, are very well put together. But like... Every time they went back to the good old-fashioned Wolfenstein style, style I kind of felt like, ah, oh, you should have stuck with that stuff. It would have been interesting. I mean, I can understand it, and I think a lot of the time when you go into games and they think, well, we'll go for the best of both worlds, you don't necessarily get it. But I think a lot of people, myself included, really wanted that shooting in there. And oh, no, no, sometimes, no, the, the, sometimes you have to go a certain get path wrong, to, to get like, that way, but it could have gone the Bioshock way, which tells a great story, but then everyone criticises the, the, no, the shooting don't, don't mechanics and that I, stuff. Separate the gameplay from story here. We're entirely focused on story, because I, I think the gameplay, they, they have, you know, we've talked deep about it, and there's some fantastic mechanics, and it's old school with new school um, gel together, and, and that it should be really applauded. But the story, I think they're... As, maybe, like Leon says... A, there was, um, you know, I came to this game obviously only the last couple of weeks, and the anticipation of it, and the you know the, the talk about this story being, you know, 
fairly deep and grandeur and people saying yeah it's the best story of last year so you know there there is an you know anticipation of there maybe what i'm walking into and unfortunately you know by the end of it i'm like oh man that was utter bollocks <laughs> and that's just the way i got to the end of it which is a real shame because it, it opens really strong there's some really strong narrative uh, parts in there but i also think that you know it's not something they don't stick with their convictions um because in the end you do feel like the game still revolves around shooting nazis and that's what the the entire focus was um and the story tends to get them pushed to one side that's not to say like the scenes with death head uh towards the end of that game aren't as creepy as hell um which is leaps and bounds of anything they achieved with any of the other previous wolfenstein games so I mean, I would go as far as to say that certain things are leaps, <laughs> leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of what first-person shooters are trying to do. And uh, for for me, I understand that, that that juxtaposition can be a bit off-putting, but I saw it as a fantasy game. It was a fantastical world, and it sat more in line with what I've seen and read in graphic novels than I would yeah. see in movies. And I think if you're trying to compare it to movies, that's where you're always going to fall apart with games because games are very, very different. They are far similar to stuff that you will see in the comics and in graphic novels. Yeah, they and are. And for me, that by... sat very like that. It was I could have read a graphic novel I similar to-, to this. I totally agree with you. And yes, it definitely has a graphic novel feel. But games don't have to be like that. That that's not that's that. No. I th- I think that's you know that's more out of um, expectation and also you know the traditional target demographics. There are there are yeah. games that can be movie like or or that aim for that. But this is definitely one that yes, I totally agree. It has the feel of a of a yeah a graphic novel with with uh, with violence um but yeah and that's and that's um yeah that's a compliment in the sense that i think some of some of the scenes the script uh, actually lives up to that mm. of a of a decent you know maybe not a work of genius graphic novel but uh, but a you know a solid and entertaining one the i mean that there are there are interesting and sad and uh, and sort of i don't know about profound maybe but but worthwhile scenes between um bj and uh anya and um frau engel and uh some of the other uh Carol- caroline becker is ca- yeah yeah relationship character put well together uh but actually weirdly my favorite scene um and it you know because i played ended up playing this game through multiple times to see the different things and to get the different endings and to collect all the trophies I was actually um, I was exposed to some of these scenes quite a bit. Now some of them I started skipping, but one that you can't skip because, as such, because it's um, it's interactive. There's one level in this game which is entirely non-combat, where you're given a submersible craft and you go you go into the sewers, and Blaskovitz has a monologue to himself, and mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was fantastic. Uh, that that level is I was pretty much speed running it by the end because I yeah. because I played it so many times, and there are actually some shortcuts you can take. But he has this whole his, reminiscences about his uh father and his childhood and stuff like that and and i thought that level was just tremendous yeah, I, I, I had that monologue yeah. as i was in the submarine bit going up towards like the surface so you had like the, the light shining through and there's like this glitter almost like i was transcending towards heaven it really weird just certain moments like that really will stick with me because i think it's you know it's it, it's really quite effective but at the other end there's there's scenes which are just dumb um and yeah. that's that, that's okay. That oh, yeah, yeah. Wolfenstein. We we we've joked about this. Wolfenstein is actually quite a funny game at, at times. It, it's it's self deprecating. It's it it knows what it is. And, it's ridiculous, and yeah, it knows. And it, it also yeah. does that uh, quite a bit in the new order. It's just at the same time, it, it's trying to have its its cake and eat it. And for me, you know, it didn't quite 
quite gel but i know for a lot of people and you know just you know hearsay i've seen a lot of people there it, re- it really did engage with and yeah good on them but I, I have to say that i kind of in some respects i kind of wish it would stick to what it stuck to one or the other i was either in I for mean, a good old-fashioned nazis you know killing ride a romp. or a yeah. romp, or that it was going to try and go the full hog with making me you know, take Blaskowitz, who is just a parody of a action hero character, and make me by the end of it have real kind of attached yeah. emotions when you know people around him die. And that is like towards the end, you've got characters dying left, right, and center. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of those characters in the base that when they got shot, I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's, that's I mean, a shame. It, you monster. It, it was, <laughs> it, it's all well no, and good saying that you would like it one way or the other, but honestly, can you tell me how many games have managed to do it one way or the other? And actually, come out smelling of roses. I I'm not here to talk about those games. I'm here to talk about this that, one. So. Exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's an easy no, comment. Uh, yeah, sure. If you, wanna, if you want, if you want the answer sorry, to Tony, that, it's something that I would say was quite a lazy comment because we have seen games go one way or the other, and they, you know, more often than not, they, they come out very average. It could have gone one way and been an all-out shooter, but then it would have been just what we had with Wolfenstein 2009, or it could have been all one way with a shooting, but you'd have gone, well, I wanted a Wolfenstein game. Um, for me, I I don't know it, if I it does done. a great job in delivering a story. And the one thing I would question is perhaps at times the pacing goes off. That when, it, when it slows down and it has its moments, like when you're at the base or when you get that monologue, it is absolutely wonderful. There were times mm. when I was playing this, and I was playing this, you got to remember, when I, when I came in, I did it without the word of mouth. Yeah, and and for me, I was like, I it's, wasn't expecting this. This is this is yeah, yeah this, this is. I was not expecting this kind of delivery from this game. It's actually no. trying. Yeah, you know that, that that's it thing. is really weird. You got to remember, this is Machine Games' first title as well. They're, yeah. they're a newly formed studio, but to come out and take a franchise like Wolfenstein, which has no right to have a story, and come out and actually try and deliver a pro- a product that is so complete in in you know many things, and let's not forget they're completely. They they went all out on this because they dropped multiplayer. They put an entire oh, focus yeah. on the single player element. That's a brave decision in the market because how many publishers do you see come out and go, well, we could have you know we could have sold some multiplayer packs or you oh, know if we had cut, multiplayer, cut. We might have had more life. Let, let me let me put it this way: if they had focused on the slightly slower pace, um, you know, slightly more artful. I don't want to say artistic, but slightly more kind of off kilter story that we hadn't seen in a billion other shooters, I would have been probably all over. Um, the way that they would have been portrayed. I would have rather it not just gone all out guns blazing because that has been done a billion times before. We've all played them. So it's the mm-hmm. fact that it didn't maybe have it, the conviction or they maybe went down that route and didn't feel that it did gel as a, you know, coming into that title. That it, I was just kind of left like, oh man, I would have loved more of that stuff when it actually tried to be different from, you know, the 500 other shooters released over the last two years. Um, so it's just personal preference i would like to have gone down that i got a mixture of the two you know it's a it's a perfectly fine fine yeah. uh story i just think that you know i i would have liked it if they had concentrated a bit more on what clearly they were capable of achieving perhaps that just makes the peaks that it does hit all that more special mm. to remember <laughs> well let's move on to the actual gameplay it is a video game after all um so there's quite for for such a simple thing in in many ways um <laughs> it, there's quite a lot to talk about because it is in many ways we've already sort of referred to it as like an old school shooter um mm-hmm. and it, and it is in some ways it very deliberately harks back in its uh, in its simplicity and its big guns and its sheer first person firing grenades and blowing things up to shooters of the past including previous uh, wolfenstein games 
Um, but it also, I think the the thing for me that I'm still impressed by about this game is how seamlessly it merged out and out balls to the wall mini gun double shotgun mayhem <laughs> with optional stealth yeah and actually in the same sections a lot of the time like this this game's levels like there are some levels that obviously lead lead you more down one path than another in terms of how you tackle them but actually there are large amounts of this game that you can choose to tackle in the way that you desire and that is from sneaking around taking out everyone all the commanders who uh, as is traditional for the series now call in uh, back up you can take them all out with a knife and then sneak around the base and, and take everyone out or you can just you know pick up those double shotguns or double assault rifles and walk into barracks and um and tear everyone apart and there's a level quite early on when you're first when you first uh travel to a, a nazi base in your little old resistance jalopy um with your <laughs> with your with your family um, you're a sort of adoptive family yeah. and and that level is pretty much like to me that level felt almost as kind of crucial to the whole experience as the dam in goldeneye in that yes. it was like this is this game now it is a shooter but you're going to have objectives you're going to have places to go and things to do you can do things in different order you can do things in the way which you so desire and i love that level of um freedom and agency it gave me it felt more successful at that than even something like um deus ex human revolution obviously that has deeper mechanics with um you know more rpg type stuff but but i yeah i, I, was, I, did, I was just hugely impressed does it come across a, I, I think yeah, i agree with you entirely Lon. I, I think it gets the balance absolutely perfect i, I think the general rule in, in games is you're one or the other you're either a stealth game when things go wrong they don't really want you to have you know, achieve the point where you just go, oh, I should shoot everything then because they were after stealth. So those mechanics are normally a little bit, you know, wonky. Um, or you're a all out gun blazing games and oh yeah, there's a little bit optional. Oh, that went wrong. There's an annoying stealth sequence. Yeah, just just go back guns blazing. That's what you should have done in the first place. And actually, I can only think of one other example where I think um, the two combined um, flawlessly uh, and some may agree. I know Carl Carl agrees with me this one, which is Crisis 2. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. The, uh, the the you know the stealth in the nano suit and actually going around and, and taking out a, a ton of commanders etc. Um, and not being seen. But when it all went wrong, <laughs> yeah. the the ability to armor up and actually go go crazy in a base was to me just absolutely the, the perfect example of how that worked. I have to say that Wolfenstein matched it toe by toe, um, and they got that spot on. In fact. I mean, I've only played this game once and you probably went through this multiple times and yeah. I'm going to say you can probably what, complete the game in six hours if you were just going around shooting everything. I guess maybe, that's what, yeah, nine, nine, nine seven modes. maybe on normal difficulty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know anyone else, it took me probably about 12 to 13 to go through the, the first time yeah. because why wouldn't you want to stealth? The stealth <laughs> stuff is superb. It's you. You come into a base... And they always make it very clear the first enemy near you. And yeah, you could easily shoot him in the back of the head, you know, as every game teaches you. But you're like, no, no, this, this, I can just you know, crouch, creep up behind him. I'll get the takedown symbol. He'll drop to the ground. I'll then survey my environment, see who's there. If it's a commander, there'll be he'll drop a map and then I can use the map to locate what other people. 
I mean, I spent, I'd imagine some levels were actually fairly short levels and I probably spent you know, the best part of 45 minutes working my way through and killing everybody and nobody knowing I was there. At the same time, I'd imagine that those levels probably could have taken me 10 minutes. I'd just shoot things, get to the gate and move on. But I tell you what, it wouldn't have been anywhere near as satisfying as the way that I played it, which is just you know, take everyone out calmly and smoothly. And there's a ton of games that do that, right? But <laughs> I don't know what it was about this one where it was really engaging to do it. Um, maybe it's just because if I did get it wrong, there was the punishment was, well, do you know what? You're going to fall back on a really, really good, solid first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely comes into it. Mm. And a lot of it comes down to the standard of the engine. Now, a lot of people, their only experience with this engine has been if they've played Rage, and that was a rock-solid first-person game. Some of the weapons in that felt really, really good to use. And in Wolfenstein, again... It feels that way. Um, as Tony said, if if the stealth fails, you can actually legitimately feel still empowered by, you know, using the shooting mechanics of the game. And it, it's weird because obviously this game was being bigged up uh, from Bethesda for having stealth and everyone's like, oh, no. Yeah, great, stealth. here we go. I don't want stealth in my Wolfenstein <laughs> This is why games. I avoid, uh, <laughs> to avoid pre-release uh, <laughs> exactly. nonsense because it just could put you off. And, and you know, the, it was questionable. It was a questionable decision. And it came in, and the level that you mentioned, Leon, the third, the third level where mm-hmm. you, you, you get dropped in and you can sneak down through the sewers and suddenly you, you come across and you can get a silenced pistol and you're like, ooh. And then you, you put it on and suddenly you can take out people with headshots and you know if you get them because it puts a nice ringing sound out. <laughs> so, you, you know, yeah. So you, you're, you're in control in that respect. It's got, if you hold left bumper, you can lean around corners. Mm. You know, it's got a cover system which... It doesn't do the cheap thing of letting you go up against a wall and go third person and looking round. It keeps it all first person and it feels really solid. Which yeah, it's totally again, trustworthy, isn't it? Which is yeah. very unusual. Yeah. It's also yeah, that, that, it that, does those things where you have to pick up guns. I don't know. It's really weird having this experience where you know I'm so used to playing first person shooters. Now you walk over things, it just goes in the collection off you I'll go. I put this as a talking point because it was okay. a controversial design decision um there's an article on gama sutra an interview in fact with with yerk gustafsson um talking entirely about this mechanic now obviously i'm not going to read the whole thing out um but it's it's fascinating uh anyone who because i know some for some people this picking up things manually both weapons and ammo was a massive off-putter uh yeah. when we did our end of uh, year sort of mashup podcast with the midnight resistance guys um and we had joe scrabbles on who's uh you know a, a, another pro freelance writer he had a real problem with the constant need to manually pick up ammo but as i say i, I obviously everyone's going to have their own feelings about it but it's really well worth checking out this gama sutra piece about why they made that decision because there are there are hmm. there are reasons and they thought very long and very hard about it's, it i think that's something the whole game does as you approach this whole game almost everything that's in there you get the impression that they thought long and hard about mm. why to do it, why mm. this location, why this design, why these weapons, why this balance, why the stealth, you know, and it it comes as like a really solid product as a result because this is obviously something that they genuinely cared about. They wanted a very good first example, you know, the, the old cliche, you only get one chance to make a first impression, mm-hmm. and they made a very, very positive one in probably some of the hardest circumstances you could have imagined. They're taking a game that has no history of a story and... and no history of really anything too substantial apart from being like really old fashioned. And they they kept some of that stuff like the manual farming of items, which I absolutely loved because as someone who 
intentionally goes out of the way to try and find collectibles in games. Mm. I like to explore the environments. I like to see every nook and cranny, and that pushes you to do that because, you know, if, if you're running low on ammo, you can run into something that's somewhat of a closet that may have some ammo in. You can d- then defend that from one point if you need to, or you can, you know, stealthily try and make your way through and, and pick stuff up here and there. Um, and it also, of course, promotes the stealth as an option because if you're running low on ammo, you might have to be stealthy in the next section. Uh, all that, for me, completely worked out, and it was a, a great balance you know, like you said, the, for the first example that you get is that third level, and then there are elements where you have to be alert to what's going on, not just because of the enemies, or not just because you know that there's a a, a captain around with because you see the radio signal within so many meters, but all of a sudden you could catch a glimpse of uh, a dog food ball, which means yeah. <laughs> that one of their hounds is bound to be around. I just might eat it. Default. You can eat by it. De- no. Yeah, you can eat it for energy, but by default, those dogs are usually asleep. So if you start making a noise or running around, they'll come and get you. And they're quite vicious, especially on the higher difficulties, and they're mm. very, very fast. So sometimes that stealth paid off because it adds a little bit of tension, which, again, is quite unusual. So one one of my favourite... Uh, this is sounds stupid. One of my favourite weapons in the game, considering it has you know, ricochet shotguns and buddy rockets, you know, crazy guns, yeah. um, was just the, the ability to throw knives. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really, and, you know, back back to picking up stuff. So I'd find myself sneaking around the level. Um, you'd normally, throwing knives were a rare commodity indeed. Um, we'll get talking about the perk system in a second because it all links into that because you know, mm. you're trying to get perks done. Mm-hmm. But um, so you'd get a, a throwing knife and, you know, they're deadly. You throw one, hit somebody, and if they don't, if you're doing it stealthily, they go down straight away and they go down nice and quietly. But you could go back over to the body and then pick up the throwing knife, so you wouldn't lose it. And I'd, the amount of times I'd do that, I'd like tactically throw a knife, hit somebody, then sneak up. So I'd get to the body just to pick up my piece of ammunition and then sneak back where I was, back into the, the cover of darkness. It's yeah, really well put together and yeah, great fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm somebody who I've said many times I, I'm not a very patient player in games generally. Um, I'm not that good at stealth and i don't tend to enjoy that much although i've have had a few experiences in recent years which i can only put down to either me changing or games design you know slightly making stealth a more pleasurable thing for me to do slightly more forgiving and i know that the games i've enjoyed that have stealth in like the last of us and metro last light are games where stealth fans have felt that the stealth was too powerful Mm. so but for me it's just about right but yeah metro last light is another game that i think of when i play when i think about wolfenstein the new order because again it has that it does have um they they learned a lot from the first metro game and we've covered uh we've covered these on on the podcast before um whereas the first game did feel perhaps more like a game where Oh, we talked about the basically the 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 win button, which is the high pre- high pressure <laughs> air gun. But actually, it was a game. The first game was really more based around um, stealth, and the the shoot the the shootouts were functional but less enjoyable. I'd, I'd say, whereas Last Light um, made the stealth kind of more powerful, but also made the the shooting more solid. Mm. And this game reminded me of that in that. And as I say, as somebody who doesn't, I I don't sort of veer towards stealth thinking ooh a stealth game like like some of you guys do I know several several on the Kane and Rinse yeah. team Josh and Carl and you guys um, and James uh, have that thing where it's like this here's an opportunity to ace these levels you know <laughs> with, without being seen and all that sort of thing and I, I don't really get that but because the mechanics in Wolfenstein the New Order were so solid and it was so satisfying to take people down with a throwing knife from range or or, or do any number of things 
I, I enjoyed it. And, and again, exactly as you said, Tony, it's so important that I knew that if, if I went wrong in my stealth, if I, if I was too hasty, if I, if I didn't do, you know, if I didn't crouch enough, didn't do tippy toes enough, it would turn into an out and out firefight that I was completely confident in my ability of, you know, dealing with because the shooting felt so damn solid and reliable and, um, and all the important things that I think, you know, some people and even maybe some developers take for granted the feel and the sound of bullets hitting enemies and stuff like that. In this game, it felt so solid. Yeah. It felt like, you know, you, you knew exactly where every hit was happening. There was no ambiguity about who was dead, who wasn't, all that sort of stuff. It just, um, it was very, uh, yeah, just all very solid and reliable. And, and again, you know, I don't often replay games partly because I've got this, you know, 25 year <laughs> backlog and, and I do a podcast where we have to finish games every week, but I played sections of this over and over again and didn't get bored. And that says a lot to me. Cool. Um, so did, yeah, the manual pickup, uh, just coming back to that briefly, um, for me as well, as well as it, um, it making sense in terms of the lineage of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, although actually, you know, if you walk over, I can't, uh, do all the Wolfenstein games we've covered have, have it or do some of them, I think they do, don't they? I think they all have a sort of reach into yeah. the world facet, don't they? So yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of traditional for the thing. And also, <clears throat> even though in the first Wolfenstein 3D, you could go in, you could walk into a room full of uh, gold and things, and just walk over the floor. And we 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 likened it to sort of Pac-Man, didn't we? The mm. you know walking into a room and collecting like a line of of gold goblets that has just that happened to be on the floor ever since return to castle wolfenstein you've been looking in the environment for switches and secret places to go in yeah. and and find all this nazi gold and and this game has all these actual desirable specific pieces of nazi gold that are kind of like one-off one-offs aren't they so yeah they're all, they're all unique see? yeah and they're all involved in the story uh, yeah as you collect them you can read up a little bit about the histories and the, that that's something that goes across the whole game from letters yeah. to newspaper articles to the propaganda records. on the wall to, to records mm. to um obviously the the collectibles that you actually find they all have a history that that is included in was you technically it's a law it's 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 yeah, the law of Wolfenstein it's, yeah. and it and it seems kind of strange to level out something that's not an RPG um but yeah it it, it all gives a background story um, yeah, they thought and, about the world the, the even though you know there's there's some yeah. real nonsenses about how the world yeah. has come about and I want to talk about um specifically the music in a bit because there's some really interesting stuff yes. there um both in terms of the score and the extra stuff but um but they've Within its very um, abs- slightly absurd when you think about it setting, you know, but the they've thought they've made it consistent. That's the key thing. Yes. Even though it's it's don't think about it too hard or it breaks. But yeah. within within what they've done within this, the Nazis won and it's now the sixties. Well, it's it's uh, yeah, it's it's consistent. Going back to that wonderful thing we talked about earlier, the story, but. Um, and we, you did raise a point right at the very start, but the the scene where Blaskowitz work uh, or hears that you know it's been you know fourteen years since his injury, oh, um, yes. it's a superbly played. Scene. I don't know whether it's the voice acting, whether it's the camera work that comes across, but there's a moment there where they said, "Well, you know, well, I need to get back to America," and and you know, who's it? Who's the girlfriend? Uh, Anya. Anya says to him. The, there, there is no more America. It's basically Germany, and there's 
a really great moment and you know this animation of him looking so dazed and confused like what do you mean there's no america yeah. and it's yeah, just they wouldn't, they wouldn't give up it's yeah, like, yeah yeah it's so brilliantly played like you know you can imagine everybody's fears of you know if if you know germany did you know essentially colonize the entirety of the world and it was just one state um and you know waking up and, and working out you know how the hell that happened I mean, that plays, once again, superbly into collectibles. They do a really good job. I think the moon landing stuff, the prime example, is a great yeah. you know, piece of um, clip or paper that you, or one of the papers you pick up and it's got you know, the, the Germans land on the moon and sticking their flag down. And you know, something that is very, very, very patriotic in American history of sticking mm. that flag down. And there's the German flag with you know, Hans or whoever landed on that point. And there was a part of me like, oh, man, I love alternative history stuff. That, that's fascinating. Yeah. That really kind of gets under my skin and i would say as well the others uh, you know wolfenstein 3d we talked about it how the collectibles you know you'd have to run along the walls and just keep on pressing buttons and you'd open up but actually once you found them they were really rewarding because there's a bunch of you know not only ammo and um armor but a bunch of um treasure stuff which you could then use to to compare against people and yada 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 and i've always felt like the other games they never quite got how fun that was like um, you know, talking recently, Wolfenstein 2009, the collectibles were all in, you know, just crevices. None of them were hidden. They were just out in plain sight. You just needed to climb all the ladders and walk around all the environment. Kind of missing the point. And then Wolfenstein um, returned to Castle Wolfenstein. There were too many hidden levers that you just had no idea where they were. <laughs> yeah. And I barely found probably like a dozen collectibles out of probably 200 in that game. <laughs> they just weren't, you know, weren't fun to find. In this, in New Order, they they get the balance of that perfect. They're you know, rather than just going, okay, they're in the environment. I'm happy to find them. You may go down the left alley, which would have a dead end, and clearly there's a grate, and you wander down the grate, and then that takes you to a new room, and then that's got a secret passage off it. Now, quite easily, you could have walked down the right passage, completely bypassing a whole massive section of these levels, mm. not seeing all the art. Deca- in fact, some of the best. Um, I'd say the you know, alternative history stuff is kept in those in those rooms, which if you didn't go down the left path, you'd never see. And it's it's a confident of game design where yeah. that stuff can be there, and it takes you know somebody that's either you know looking for that stuff because it's on the menu saying look you didn't get these collectibles, maybe you should go back and find them. But it's also good game design that you can find them rather than just hiding them almost in I clear think... sight or behind walls that you'll never discover in the first place. Mm. Yeah, I think with collectibles like that, um, one thing that gets lost is that collectibles should never just be an element, and they should never just be a chart. They should be a feature, and that's exactly what this game played to, uh, uh, compared to other Wolfenstein games. I'm not saying it's the only game that's ever done it, but it's certainly the best example in the Wolfenstein series. Mm. Um, Yeah. Uh, that perk system then this is another interesting facet that yeah. I don't feel I've come across this done in quite the same way in other games uh, I might have missed out a game that, that that did it in this way but to be to essentially be upgraded for doing the thing that you are doing if you see yes. what I mean yeah uh, I mean it, how unusual is that I when know. you think about it but yeah here, here's the thing with perk systems I I generally since they really got introduced with um they've assisted in ton of in RPGs in the past but you know Call of Duty Advanced Warfare was the one that I really feel like took the perk system and you know forced it into every game thereafter um because they they handled it really well and mm. in Wolfenstein I think the, the trick they don't do anything special with the perk system so for example 
you know achieve five stealth kills is a perk which then unlocks both in the achievement trophy whatever you want uh, but also you know maybe more health etc um it's as binary as that you know nothing nothing crazy that stuff's been in games populated for ages now um i think the reason why it's good is they actually keep the numbers reasonable so to me it's like well you know kill 70 people with the machine gun and kill you know 50 people with a shot that's attainable it's whenever i come to like a new call of duty it's like did you kill 1100 people with the machine gun uh no because there wasn't that many people in the game ah well, best you go back and play it four yeah. or four times. It's like they become then less interesting to achieve. I felt, and I just played through the game, following the perk system, which taught me one how to play the game, two how to enjoy the game maybe to its to its most, and yeah. experiment with guns that maybe I wouldn't have done in the first place, or experiment with stealth. And three that you know, I got to the end of the game. I think I got like four that I didn't achieve, and you know, they're slightly harder ones. And, I'm like, and I want to go back to the game now. And achieve that, but they they weren't so far out there where it's like I'm never going to achieve that. What's what's the, even the bloody point? Pe- people always say that they should never need to be told how to play a game, but if it's done well, there's no harm in having something in there that can aid in if that. If it's and done well, you shouldn't system know does. that you're being told yeah, that you're how exactly. to play a game. Exactly. Yeah. And and Leon, you said you're not sure you've come across something so similar. The one game that would remind me is mm. the Be a Pro in FIFA. Of that is a very good yes. That is a very good example indeed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, just doing what you need to do anyway and then being rewarded for it. It's not a case of going completely out of mm. the gen- the general play style to, to accomplish something yeah. that's, you know, on the periphery. It's it's all quite one solid experience with the mm. perks, which, again, when you, you know, obviously the achievements and the trophies and whatnot come up way before the games are released. And that was something it was a bit like, well, this is a bit unusual. This could break how i want to play the game yeah. thankfully thankfully it didn't at all it, it felt like um they, it, that was obviously involved in the design process from the ground up mm. or if it wasn't they've done an incredible job of encompassing it in wolfenstein 2009 um they actually have a not not a perk system but if you collect collectibles um you unlock um extra powers for your main character so that's its way of actually searching for the collectibles is you unlock you get money and essentially that's what unlocks the uh the powers and you could play for that game and, and not have any powers if you really didn't go for the collectibles and that would be a very very different experience unfortunately the collectibles in that game are just really boring and tedious to get so you can but you can be make yourself you if you collect everything in 2000 in the 2009 version you can be super uber powerful and you know you can go through Uber, which I did, and <laughs> and it being pretty much a cakewalk. So I don't, mm. you know, many many games I they do it their own way. But I, you know, taking aside of maybe it makes the game easier. I think what it did, it it lent the game a a new gen feel in an old gen shooter style. Yeah. And I think that's back to what Carl was saying at the very start. Um, you know, the new order finds the balance between what it's done previously and showing some, you know, homage towards its history, as well as embracing um, new technology, new ideas, um, and kind of playing with that as well. And I think that's a harder trick, harder balancing act than, than most people realize. And, you know, I, I certainly come in, you know, six months of playing all the Wolfensteins back to back and actually come into this way and seeing the elements which they've taken from, you know, previous past, but also in, engaging new elements was really fascinating as a like a, a study of game design and you know the balancing act and also you know i'd always say wolfenstein's story is nothing ever been anything spectacular but they do actually 
there's characters that have been in, in like Caroline have been in the previous games and mm. actually make more sense of you yeah. know, their journey to Death's get head. to them. Yeah, Death's mm. Head, you know, was never a, a great character in the previous games, but in this one, he's somebody to fear. Yeah. For sure. He's genuinely villainous. Yeah. yeah. That's because he's charming at the same time. He's, he's horrible. <laughs> If you say so. Uh, one thing that uh, we've sort of touched across this in a couple of ways now, we talked about both um, collecting things in the world and also um, Carl was talking about the sort of playing it as if we've got a, an old style PC games console. Well, I suppose the way the, the thing that marries this up are the Enigma codes. So you've got yeah. um, some of the best hidden um, things in the game. Um, you know, often in quite obscure places. Um, sometimes not. Some of them, are, some of them are way more obvious. But there's quite a lot to collect. Once you have collected them, then you have to break the code in uh, back out in the options menu, and then um, various different sets of these numbers will uh, give you access to other modes, including um, the hardest. Does the hardest difficulty just unlock when you complete it? I can't remember, but uh, but it gives you uh, the mode where you've got. Um, you know, nine 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 mode. Um, you can, you can and... choose all difficulties from the very start of the game. Oh, okay, but uh, right. with nine 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 mode, it yes. basically allows uber difficulty. You have to do that with the Enigma. Everything. Code, <laughs> yeah. So you so... have to play for it once and pick up the Enigma stuff to unlock it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yes. So nine 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 yeah. nine mode gives you a, a lot of ammo and a lot of health. Um, but there's also well, so there's a there's a there's a really hardcore mode. Is it is it called nineteen ninety two mode or nineteen ninety or something <laughs> mode? There's a there's a a, a a harder equivalent, I think. And there's there's various other things you can you can unlock, yeah. but um, that gives you yeah access to the back end so to speak um yeah and there's a there was there was some confusion when i was playing it because um it doesn't really make it clear uh when you've done things whether you should be continuing to save on the same profile or start a new one um yes that's a terrible yeah uh yeah that's one criticism i would level at this game yeah uh your dad got stung with this i believe uh, he did, yeah. Yeah, um, I managed to again. I I got lucky in that I sort of found a workaround because even though I ended up starting a new uh, file when I shouldn't have done um, it, because I'd already unlocked the nine 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 mode, it allowed me to then play through on that difficulty, even though it was a new save and yeah. I and I still completed my trophy collection. But um but yeah it was a it was a bit of a shame. It was a slightly yeah, confusing a, end. Essentially for anyone who doesn't understand it's obviously you've got the two different storylines um yeah. with with the with the two characters. So it's it's promoted even within the trophies that you get do it one way and then do it the other. And for my father, he went to new game, as you would expect and it overwrites the existing game, but then you lose all the collectibles up to that point. Yep. Um, and you're supposed to go to chapter select and then press one of the triggers to go to the alternate storyline and then start from there, which is not clear at all because you'd it's think not. you'd go to the new game. <laughs> yes. And and the way to get around it um, is only really viable on the PS4 because it obviously uploads to PS uh, PS Plus. And because PS Plus doesn't upload immediately, yes. you can download the old version, yeah. <laughs> overwrite the one that's on your hard drive, and continue. Obviously, if you do it on the Xbox One, you're a bit more stuck because it syncs almost immediately and your file's gone. So, um, yeah, yeah it just that was a real problem. And obviously, I remember you having the same problem. Yes, got away with it in the end, but uh, but yeah, it was slightly messy. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about. I mean, we, we've kind of already t- talked a little bit about the weapons. Um, 
there's a lot of them they're fun mm-hmm. to shoot things with the thing i one thing i did want to talk about uh, again because it's something that um it's not completely brand new or exclusive but it's it's something that i thought was used particularly well which is the um the upgradable um well, what would you call it? It's like a it's like a blowtorch, effectively. It starts out as a as a fairly simple hand. Oh, the laser craft work. Yeah, yeah laser, laser craft work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know why I said it like uh, Count von Count from Transylvania. Uh, <laughs> There's no other way to say it. That's, why. Uh, that's that's not Germany. It's Transylvania is away from Bavaria. Uh, but yeah, I had a lot of fun with that, and um, and it starts off as I say as as a simple uh, device for slicing open holes in uh, certain certain kinds of things um yeah. you can have a lot of fun hacking open chicken wire and and uh bits of metal uh, and that's fun in itself it opens up areas and secrets and and whatsoever but this gun as it goes along ends up um being this uh in its main fire mode this fantastic um multi-shot home homing laser mm-hmm. cannon type affair it, it it's brilliant because i mean one of the effects that you've got of course is that any surface that you cut it accurately cuts where you are yeah. it's like really yeah. cool to see yeah but the point of that weapon is it's like it it becomes just a, a normal cut until yeah. at the start becomes all powerful super weapon where it you know you fire it as an enemy a, a normal kind of nazi enemy and they'll just obliterate into red mass and hit yes. the ground um Always fun. You need it, obviously, towards the end because the bosses start, yeah. you know, mecking suits up and they, you know, they become there's harder. Some, there's some, yes, exactly. Our next topic. There are some. There are some uh, regular mobs. There's all, all kinds of different. Uh, see, I said mobs there, and and I still want to say sprites because I'm <laughs> from the 80s. Um, well, actually, I'm from the 70s. But uh, yeah. yeah, enemy Don't soldiers. <laughs> um, you know, there's a usual. There's the the, the usual sort of uh, selection. Yeah. yeah, cannon fodder all the way up. Um, armored dudes. Um, how do we feel about uh, the spread of enemies and their AI? I didn't mind the AI. I thought it could have been better, but at the same time, it, those elements a lot of the time were meant to be shooting galleries. You know, we see we see them rolling around and and the the usual sort of stuff. The animation is great. Um, you know, it, as as you'd expect, another thing that comes from that that engine is that you do get really solid animations. Mm. Um, but I I didn't have a problem with it. It nothing stood out like. We've we've all played first person shooters where the AI is so incredibly dumb. Yes, um, that it becomes yeah, annoying. Many of the Wolfenstein games, to be honest. Yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, the previous three Wolfenstein first, <laughs> yeah, person, uh, first person games, and then you get other issues where perhaps they're a little too alert. Um, mm. which, again, breaks mechanics. Obviously, there couldn't be too alert in this because you've got the stealth mechanic, yeah. which, again, that's that's another thing that falls in. On, if you've got stealth, you've got to get the enemy AI right. They can't be too stupid. They can't be too clever. Um, so I thought they were absolutely solid. Yeah. Um, again, uh, so much about this game reminded me in a good way um, because I don't think, you know, we are, we are going to cover uh, GoldenEye 007 on this podcast and... You know, I have a lot of reservations about actually playing that now. But in terms yeah. of my experience of playing this and remembering my experience of playing Goldeneye back in 1997, there were a lot of similarities. And I, and I felt, um, you know, back then in 97, the Goldeneye AI seemed uh, pretty special. And the animation was, you know, like, look, they're responding when you shoot them in the leg. They're hopping yeah. about and all this sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, and, you know, this is probably 
not sort of state of the art. And we talk, you know, pretty much every first person shooter we've covered on Kane and Rince, over 175 issues. Don't know how many first person shooters we've actually done. Um, and we're, we're doing a whole number of Halo games coming up. But we pretty much always end up comparing the AI and first person shooters negatively to a game that is now 14 years old, which is Halo Combat Evolved. Um, And so I would say once again, that I didn't get the same feeling of the enemies being smart in this as I did from even that first Halo game all those years ago and playing the Master Chief Collection now. Yep. They've still got it to to some degree, um, even though they're perhaps a bit glitchier on that particular version than they were. Uh, But Again, fine, yes. And there were periods, there's there's one level where um, the sort of end of level set pieces, you get to a, a train turntable in a wide open arena and uh, a large number of these very big um, cyber augmented or robots mm, and soldiers come out of, of uh, containers, basically. But there's also uh, a number of regular ground troops and... This is one of uh, one of the sections in the game where you really have. I mean, this isn't this is not a stealth section. I don't think there would be any way of stealthing this whole section because ultimately the the big guys come out of their things and start yeah. blasting you. But uh, there are some some regular troops who. Um, will seek you out. So you you might have decided to stay up on the balcony. There's sort of three ways you can attack this. You can kind of go around the main arena in the turntable using the trains as cover. You can stay in these couple of rooms that are off the main area um, using sort of uh, height to your advantage. You can shoot down on enemies and, and uh, you've got kind of cover of being in a room. And then there's the way where you just stay on the balcony and shoot everything from afar. But I was finding that the enemies in that were really um, responding to the way I was the way I was working. So they would try and flush me out, you know, yeah. and, and, and that, you know, compared to a lot of games, again, uh, was was slightly above, you know, what you sometimes see, which is where they they have no real the enemies. The AI expects you to behave in a certain way. And obviously it was important when a game like this gives you these options you know, a limited set of options, but options nonetheless, that the enemies don't betray what the key option is, you know, by by acting like morons. And um, sometimes, you know, yeah, it's like every shooter. Sometimes three of them will walk around the corner into your shotgun <laughs> like a bunch of uh, idiot yeah. Nazi chumps. But, but if you're having fun blowing Nazis in the face with a shotgun... I'm willing to turn a blind eye. <laughs> <laughs> and and that shotgun up close is quite something. It in this really game. is. It's got the, uh, yeah, the barrels kind of looks like sort of, when you've got double, you've got twin wielding those shotguns, mm. that barrel oh. looks like the size of a sort of the front of a fan heater or something. It's massive. Um, it's really weird for me to, to just come across to this. And I just think it is just a really competent shooter. And yeah. that, that, that sounds like it's a negative comment, but actually, you know, it's 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 quite an old school style shoot, and I think some of this is because it doesn't have the tech on the multiplayer, and you know, have it a, quite. A, and I mean, I, I first talked to you, Carl, straight after playing. I said, "Oh, it's a bit fast." I found this, you know, the reticle <laughs> moving a bit fast. By the mm. end of it, I'm like, didn't even, it wasn't even crossing my mind that it, it was that fast. I just got used yeah. to the, the character movement. But it, yeah, you know, I think you know, you you think of something like you know, we keep going back to Halo, but yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to that mechanic. There's a lot going on all the time. There's a lot to take in with your environment. Yeah. You know, 
these virums aren't big. They're you know occasionally there's a slightly wider outside area, but quite often it's shoot down the thing at the end of the corridor. So I think they you know they make more of the feel of the gun rather than how the gun um, you know shoots from a great distance. It's just like yeah, I'm gonna kill everything in sight and it's gonna work really well. Um, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it, it's fine. I'm not gonna sit here and say oh, I think it was the best shooting game I've ever played, but it it had that old school feel and balanced new school tactics. Um, in a very, very you know, competent way. And yeah. yeah. What I would say, though, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Again, we keep using the, the word solid, and I, and I completely <laughs> agree with that. It, it, it looks and feels solid, but I would say on, a, on an aesthetic and artistic level, it didn't mm-hmm. ever blow me away. Like, I didn't think it was a, a, an amazing looking game. Like, I thought it was attractive and clear and uh, pleasant to look at, but it wasn't a game that I was, you know, kind of stopping and just looking. Some of the textures to me looked uh, actually quite low-res and blocky and underwhelming if uh, up close. Now, I'm not somebody who's um, particularly, you know, fussy about those sorts of things at all. But there were points where I was actually like, that's weird. This game looks really nice until I go up to this particular bit of the level, and now it looks a bit like yeah, a, a, a two gens ago game. There's there's a bit like that in London actually. When you, you were going across the the rooftops, and you know you got Big Ben in the background, and fires all around, and um, the the actual area that you're in looks you know the the, the I guess what well, the flat the building that you're in high above London you know looks you know fantastic, but actually this detail of you know the the world below looks you know like the equivalent of a 16 bit console oh, not quite that <laughs> that, that was far too far back okay I like, know what you're saying. like the PS it's this weird kind of like oh, mm, yeah that and mm. because everything else is so crisp around you stuff like yeah. that jumps I think jumps that's out, yeah. you know once again TV yeah. issues of new game generation yeah. I think it's the way that the engine scales. I'm not entirely sure if that's the case on the PC version. On that version, it probably texturally does look a little bit better. Probably does, yeah. And also, they were making PS3 and 360 versions at the same time, so this could be hampered in that regard, I suppose. Yes. What I will say is that I found the variety of locations quite refreshing yeah, in this agree game. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, yeah. um, from, you know, obviously the the visit to London that you mentioned, a bit on a train, which is just a rather train excellent stuff. bit of games design. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, you know, you got obviously the castle at the start where you're breaking in in the mud, and it it constantly changes it up. I never felt like I was visiting areas that I just, you know, it's that just I, in a different tone or a different color set. To, to go maybe it back was, onto the story again, I, I don't think they always made the most of changing of those environments. So you go down underwater in a submarine and come to a place that's apparently been locked away because civilization must not get hold of these weapons, and you go in there and it's a yeah, it's an interesting cave cavern room. Not quite up to the hype of all oh, all this stuff in here. It's like there's a few glowy orbs and and that's about that. It's like well, throw some proper weapons in here, whatever it may be. Um, Are you complaining because they didn't get Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen in a design that came? I just know that they I, there was a couple of times I just felt the story was it was pushing and they didn't quite meet what the expectations of what I was going in there with, but. Going, that that train scene. There's there's a, a scene where you wake up and you, you're trying to infiltrate into Germany and you're going into on a train, and it's where when you meet one of the the main villainous characters, um, Frau Engel. Frau Engel and, and her and her uh, slightly toy weird, boy. yeah, toy Boobie. boy. <laughs> um, but that scene, you, so you walk past them. You're initially walking past them because you've got a, a tray of coffee that you're taking back to your uh, your apartment. You know, in disguise, essentially. 
and then you, you're carrying this tray, but there's there's two coffee cups in this tray, and I don't mm. know, you, but I'm sure you both, but you cannot fail to see this. The the like the coffee in the coffee cups is moving completely with the way that your character is moving yeah. with the tray. Yeah, it's nice. The just detail. I loved stuff like that. That is something that came up with. Um, I remember them talking about Uncharted uh, Free. How you know this or you know the swimming pool on the ship. Um, the water inside it moved completely independently of yeah, how, yeah, yeah. like the ship. No reason for it, right? Because yeah, it's one scene, and they'll never use that tech again in the rest of that game. Yeah. Same for that coffee cup, sort of moving with the, with the foam differently every time you move the tray. Brilliantly, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll never forget that scene from that game. It has nothing to do with gameplay. Yeah, but I guess it's something that just it's sort of it's it's an illustration of somebody of, um, made something of the engine. This yeah, what it can achieve. It's almost yeah. a tech demo. It's and, really and odd. the effort, you know, and the care, you know, the care yeah. that's gone in because because actually, you know, it's the sort of thing that you know when when we were just used to previous generations of graphics, you would just not even think anything of the fact just that the steamy. coffee was just yeah. a flat texture. Yeah, um, exactly. But suddenly when you're when something like that has a bit of life put into it you're like oh yeah that's more like real life isn't it you know you actually got got to um you know be careful you don't spill the coffee (laughs) (laughs) i mean one criticism that's been leveled at me time and time again is that i get too hung up on the little things right but when little things are done well like that they're the things that i come out remembering the most for sure so God is in um, the details, as they say. You know, yeah, exactly. So, so when the little things are done right, I praise the little things, and when the little things are done wrong, I'm going to criticise mm. them. You know, um, but all too often people criticise me for picking up on you know irrelevant things. But in in this regard, that's something that I absolutely love. I love that whole scene on the train. Yeah. Um, it, it's one. Of, that's one of the bits where the game is elevated amongst the high echelon of first-person shooters, elements of those games. I'm not saying that it makes the whole game of that standard, but that scene on the train wouldn't have been out of place amongst, like, a Bioshock or a Half-Life or something in that regard. It's clearly something that was cared about, written a very specific way. It's quite tense the way it happens. There's more tension in that scene than killing, you know, 50 Nazis down a corridor, which is kind of ridiculous. I just thought that was... Even the little touches in that thing, like... um, like when uh, Frau Engel moves uh, her toy boy's hand onto her crotch under the table <laughs> and stuff, and you can see that the, the, there's something really dark going on amongst them, and that they're really elite. And obviously, yeah. you've got this thing going that, that goes through all of, um, more so in this one. It, I suppose it's always been leveled at BJ Blazkowicz as a character, but it's certainly an undertone in the new order that perhaps, you know, are you actually a created super soldier by the Germans? Because mm. you, you're so Aryan that. Mm. You know, it, it it's it's unreal, and they even reference it. You know, mm. oh, he's clearly got Aryan blood mm. in him. He, mm. He's he's clearly a Nazi, that kind of thing, and that that is leveled throughout the whole game. Mm. But in that scene, I thought it played out absolutely perfectly. Mm. Uh, loved it. Yeah, on uh, there are there are a few other set pieces that I wanted to mention uh, quickly. Time is running on, but um, one one I particularly wanted to mention was the. Uh, rather amusing um oh no we're going to have to drive a car now sequence uh, <laughs> and you have to drive a car for literally about four seconds so you can you, dri- you <laughs> yeah. drive into a yeah you, you jump into a car to escape uh the uh, uh, pow area basically isn't it and mm-hmm. um a prison and uh and so it's like you know take the wheel and you're like oh here we go you drive. All you do is you drive straight forward through a window, <laughs> and then the cutscene kicks in, and it, that's pretty much like a 
this is this is how you do vehicular sections. Yeah. But then later on, there is actually a section where you control a uh, a walk-in uh, robot uh, yeah. tank. You know, every shoot 'em up has to have one of these. But as these go, this wasn't my favourite bit of the game, and in fact, I found it easier to fail at than a lot of other sections in this game. Yes, and that is one of the bits that I absolutely failed a lot. And I thought that this bit's going to be cool. I'm really yeah, going to enjoy it. Be overpowered. And it's yeah. Maybe it's maybe my least favourite part of the whole game. Yeah, um, I didn't didn't like it, but it. In a strange way, it actually feels at home in Wolfenstein, uh, the the new order, because you see that many mechs anyway. So for you to yeah. to commandeer one, it feels like I, yeah. uh, I'm you know it was going to happen, but it's just I didn't enjoy it. I would have pro- enjoyed that section more on foot. On foot mm. with, I'm going to uh, pick lean mechanics the next walls. one that I reckon you've got marked down: the wonderful moonwalk. That's like again. That's like about twenty <laughs> seconds long. It's so brief. You've you've gone up to the moon. It's ridiculous, right? It's, but you've gone to the moon. It's been colonized by the Germans um, with their own moon base. Um, you yes. spend a good portion, uh, say three quarters of an hour, working your way through that level. Finally, get to go out on the moon. You get a suit. Yeah, put a suit get on. a suit. The the animation of you sticking the suit is almost as long as you. Walking a hundred yards, turn right, and through the door of the other side yeah. into you the next moon base. By, like, it's got its own robots. gravity and everything. You can jump. You have got the like cool gravity going on. There's got, like um, a robot that comes out. You just shoot those two down, and that's it. You walk back to the other side. Dead space type sounds. Yeah. It's got the muffled outdoorsy yeah. outdoor on the moon sound. Yeah, it, very, it, it, and yeah, I, I love that whole chapter. But it's a shame that that bit was so small. It reminded me of the section at the start of Bioshock 2 where you walk yeah, underwater and you so, yeah. literally walk around a corner and back yeah. in you're like well I would have liked more of that <laughs> yeah, that was good um, yeah, yeah. But, but then in another way you know all those taking it right back all those uh, underwater bits of Sonic the Hedgehog where you're just like this is so slow why am I yeah. underwater I want to be Sonic well, the Hedgehog even, even in the uh, the submarine bit as well, you get your own little kind of pedal submarine thing you, you go what through one cabin you get to the other side it's like yeah you have to swim from here <laughs> it's like through the cabin and up in it's like ah oh. Yeah, okay. you don't even have to take the submarine at all, in fact. No. You can just leave it behind. You yeah. can just swim the whole level. Uh, yeah, He's got an incredible amount of breath, which you notice in the very first yes. chapter when you swim underwater. Yeah. He can hold his breath for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Longer than uh, Guybrush Threetwood. Mm. Uh, so... Yeah, there's a few bits like that. Um, there's some chase sequences with a with a big mechanical uh, hunt, um, which again just kind of move things along. But I, I guess the thing again, I think the machine games did really well, showing all their experience and expertise, is that none of this is exactly what we're saying. None of it is outstays its welcome. It's just like yeah. here's a bit, you know, because the reason, you know, again, games we talked about over three plus years of doing Caden Rinse there's it's like a mandate to developers that they have to have these sections in where you sit in a turret or you're on a plane or you're or you're in a mine car or you're doing a stealth bit or what whatever but the i guess i understand why that you know probably in every development meeting in every in every thesis about games development and what players want they do say yes we want variety we want variety but i think for me the mistake that developers make over and over again is that these sections last way too long or they're way too easy to fail and in this game neither is true they're (laughs) quick and they just break things up nicely but they don't slow you down and they don't make you think i didn't buy this game to do this in that sort of thing so i mean i mean another thing is that it's done with subtle touches that make it feel less bombastic than 
to many of the more recent Call of Duty games, mm. which is a really crazy thing to say because they're obviously aware that it's complete fantasy, but it, they've got real restraint in how they do it. Um, so it it flows like you, like you said early on. Nothing ever feels completely out of place in this game. It's it's quite a solid, consistent thing and there, um, yeah. that, that they maintain with it. There are some really, really tiny little bits of platforming in this first-person shooter as well. Just the odd jump here and there. Uh, there's yeah. a bit where you have to yeah, go up this spiral staircase and there's another bit where you have to jump across an elevator shaft. But again, these bits are very brief. Um, they're, they're not made to be insanely pixel-perfect, but they're just to remind you that you're a physical being jumping around in this world and to give you that extra little challenge but but again it's not like uh you know to reference yet another n64 shooter it's not like turok dinosaur hunter where you know the get your progress is is destroyed by horrific pixel perfect platform sections mm. or, or anything like that um, moving right along, um, we must talk briefly about uh bosses as well uh, as we talked about set pieces um We'll come back to the final boss, um, or maybe we should tackle it now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, do it now. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're yeah. um, pushed for so, time, so. Yeah, so I remember um, the the London Monitor being quite, um, quite a spectacular set piece, but not wildly enjoyable. Um, but that makes still a lot more enjoyable than... Uh, the final, <laughs> the final Death's Head fight, which is yeah. uh, obviously it's a throwback to. Um, you know, to elements of, of Wolfenstein's past, but um, mm. uh, yeah, a, a, a fiery room with extremely limited visibility and an enemy who takes an enormous amount of knocking down. I mean, on the good thing is on normal difficulty, it's just not that hard because there's enough there's enough collectibles and the only other difficulty i did it on was 999 mode so it made it quite easy as well <laughs> but i didn't fancy tackling this in uber mode uh without the extra you know health and ammo uh, the london monitor in particular no sorry no, that's at the end well right yeah de- de- it it's weird because um like a lot of games now i like to if i've played them in advance i like to follow how people are finding it over twitter with conversation and I know that both the London Monitor and Death's Head uh, came in for criticism for being out of place or awkward or difficult on higher levels. Mm. Now, I understand people struggling. I didn't struggle at all with Death's Head. I think I did it on my second or third go. It it, it made sense to just, you Strife. know, it was the old school cat and mouse. <laughs> yeah, cat and mouse. You know, you, you make him follow you and, and take advantage and get the good shots in. Um, but I've watched other people do it. And... I can see why they would be frustrated. Um, because there's a room full of yeah, flames that are trying to hit you from the side. Yeah, it, it, it's a really sort of old-fashioned boss Very fight. Very much so, yeah. Um, and it, a lot of people might find that a bit out of place. But so someone like me who's bred on games like Hexen and um, Quake and Doom and whatnot... Sure, but I would that, have that, taken, like... I'm thinking about Duke Nukem 3D here. At least... You know, at least let me uh, run around in a wide strafing circle while this enormous yeah. thing's attacking me. Whereas the the room that it puts you in is so claustrophobic and the visibility is so poor that it feels yeah, like it's it, filling with smoke. Yeah, it feels like it's giving you a really kind of, you know, I know it's the final boss and it's meant to be challenging, but 
I didn't find it challenging in a fun way. I just thought it was annoying. Um, and I know this is kind of a tradition for bosses, but I would have just rather, yeah, they'd have gone for a, I mean, there's a, there's a previous sequence in an arena um, where you're uh, avoiding, mostly avoiding the, um, the, the, the robot that either Fergus or Wyatt has been yeah. placed inside. Um, and again, that there's, there's, there's sort of an easy trick to it in a way it's, there's a pattern to learn, but again, I didn't, I didn't massively enjoy it, but at least it gave, at least it gave space for, for the player to run around in. Whereas, whereas the, the this final room is just, you know, I, I realize what they were attempting, but after all, you know, all the praise we've given, all their their level design and their yes. and their and their set pieces and 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 their their thoughtfulness towards the player, this felt like a ah, we better have a final boss room. Fancy Let's that for an end boss fight, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think ultimately, I may have got lucky with how quickly I did that last bottle, uh, last boss boss battle. Yes, um, easy for me to yeah. say, uh, but I. Th- totally understand all the criticisms other people have of it mm. um you know from watching them play it and 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 uh you know having obviously experienced it and i can see how it could have gone wrong i don't think it was a good boss battle i just got yeah you know for me i didn't it struggle but yeah, yeah it, sure. I, I, it's not something that i would hold well, up we, say, this is how you do boss battles you know, where someone's it's not yet great. to finish the game because of that boss battle so yeah. tony what did you mm. make of it you did it yesterday i did it on normal I, it wasn't a a challenge it was you know it's yeah. just yeah, old school yeah he goes around the corner you go around the corner he goes around the corner you go around the corner you nip out shoot him in the face go around the corner it's yeah it's not a way to finish the game it, they never particularly are <laughs> so seldom yeah <laughs> you know, we can pick all number of classic titles that are finished with bad boss battles bioshock uncharted you know it's yeah they're they're all over they're numerous and that's just the last that's recent years yeah God, and games they're two of, of old. The, two of the better games. Yeah. They are two widely, widely heralded exactly, games. Exactly, that are finished with you know, horrendous boss battles. And, yeah, moving on. So uh, the last sort of aspect we must talk about a bit uh, is the sound design. Um, now, I know a lot of people uh, are quite fond of uh, of the score, which is uh, by uh, Mick, Mick Gordon. Gordon. That's right. Her, Killer Instinct. Yeah, the, the new Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct. Um, and previously, uh, some Need for Speeds. Um, and actually, more trailer. He's done. He's done at least as many trailer uh, soundtracks than he has. Yeah. Um, well, he's quite interesting because he's only a young guy. He's only twenty nine years oh, okay. old. Yeah. Um, which is quite unusual because composers are normally really experienced. Yeah. So uh, he almost has that. Ag- he has a real aggressive style with his music. Well, this, um, this is and all it, about, it's almost yeah. yeah, it's almost represented in his youth that you would expect. That, it, yeah. You know, you could almost tell that that he's young. So the so the theme here is electric guitars, and the thing I really liked about the score, um, you know, the, the, there's this sort of uh, doom laden, um, almost heavy metal riff over the title screen. <laughs> Um, and there's there's various bits throughout. It's not the the standard kind of orchestral stuff you might expect. The thing I really really liked was the way that some of the enemy uh, weapons, particularly like the London Monitor, are clearly guitar treated guitar noises. Yeah. So that kind of feeds through the whole. It gives it a, a texture, which is which is a bit unlike anything else. Um, so rather than you know most of the guns sound like guns and they're solid and they're loud and and all that. I mean it, you know it's not necessarily Battlefield Four, but then you know it would wouldn't be um but yeah. everything sounds you know boom bang a bangish um <laughs> but the 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 use of guitar noises really struck me as being something a little bit um innovative and different yeah it, it's very stylized in its design rather than 
accurate or you know again it it's it doesn't go for realism in that regard it just goes for what sounds good and you know those weapons sound I, good you know the, the 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 sound as accurate as they probably do to fire it's you know they, that's I, don't know. I, I think the closest i've ever come across that is like the inside battlefield i think that's absolutely you know sounds of weapons yeah you know perfected in my opinion but you know they all they suited it nothing was out of place I, it's interesting you say that he's um you know he's done plenty of trailers and stuff in the past i think that actually plays through with a lot of the I'd say the incidental, um, you know, scoring of music. You know, you're coming up to a, a big scene that's clearly, you know, something, you know, an action scene that's happening. There's some really good um, music that brings you into those scenes or, or takes you out of those scenes. Um, Bombastic. It feels very, you know, Matrix esque. You know, you feel you're in that moment, engaged with the, you know, with the the gameplay. It's always a shame they they start to fade out. Um, so th- that would make sense why he's very good at that if he's done, you know, trailer work, which is all about kind of. Hitting those those short moments of two minutes of you know what wow, man I want to see that because the score has, has dragged me in mm. um, yeah and I think all the other stuff it, it was you know it's very well competently scored um, yeah. game around that but I have to say there yeah, there was one or two yeah, entrance or exit uh, title or music that really got under my skin I was like yeah that's yeah oh, yeah I'm I'm up for this battle now um, yeah see I I mean I loved the, especially the bit where you wake up in the home you know fourteen years later and the music's playing as the seasons go past. Mm-hmm. Love that bit of music. And the other uh, aspect to this, obviously, you can go and check out the entire score on uh, YouTube and elsewhere, um, and we'll play you a couple of bits. The other aspect I briefly wanted to talk about is something I wrote about a while ago on the Kane and Rince, uh, blog, um, and that is the um, sort of alternate timeline uh, music, popular music. Now, you can't think about this too hard because it makes literally no sense. <laughs> so these are these are tracks inspired by uh, by real life artists such as the Beatles and blues artists, um, and uh, the Kinks, the Beach Boys, the Monkeys. All things that absolutely would never have existed had the Nazis won the war. This is the point. This is why this makes no sense at all. All their influences were black musicians and uh, it would have been a very different world. But it's a great example of um, two things, I think. One is the uh, it's 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 a big chunk of humor. Um, these are things that you can pretty much miss. Um, so some of these are some of these are sort of pastiches, and some of them are actual covers of uh, like Motown classics, like Nowhere to Run, but but um, rescored in a in a, in a style uh, in a rather more sort of um, uh, what's what's the word I can use without being offensive? Um, Germanic. <laughs> Germanic, Germanic will do, but yeah, I, even that. We all know even, what you mean. <laughs> well, even that, yeah, even that's uh, even that's probably not fair. But in the style that somebody with a with a with a slightly quirky imagination would have uh, would have suggested that these bands would have existed. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting thing. Now, there's an article on VentureBeat.com. Uh, and it's called How Developers Created a Nazi Record Label for Wolfenstein, The New Order. So I recommend that you check that out if you want to look further into it, and My Music Monday on on the subject where you can listen to several of the tracks. Um, It's something that I've not, again, not quite seen in anything else, and that that was the other thing I wanted to say, that it's it's another great example of the sheer attention to detail and work that that went into this game. They created a record label called Newmont, which means New Moon in German, um, and... They, although um, details of the actual uh, session artists and uh, musicians, writers who 
put the tracks together they obviously spent a good long time putting together all these uh, all these uh, songs by Dikefa which of course translates to the Beatles uh, yeah. with an e with two e's rather um and uh yeah there's 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 a whole bunch of them i don't know what i don't know what the total number of tracks is but there's an album's worth basically um it, it it's a great little uh piece of layering yeah that that's in there and um one of the editions uh, of the game i got was the occupied edition um okay yeah. it was it was it was a collector's edition in that it was about five pound more but it actually came with some cool little things and one of them was it had a whole bunch of postcards as you know is currently popular in games and some of them uh i think one is the again the astronaut planting the nazi flag yeah. into the moon mm-hmm. and another one is uh for ss soldiers what uh doing the abbey road which is just brilliant that it's in yeah, there goose stepping you know, across abbey road. Are, yeah yeah uh, and as i say it's you know it's it's um it's interesting that mostly throughout the game there, there are bits where you will hear some of these records playing um in people's houses and whatever and you can actually collect some of the uh the record sleeves it's yes. one of the how many i think we've got up to about six or seven different types of collectible now um yeah so but again just a really interesting thing and worth worth looking up um if you're curious now we must hear of course because that's what we do uh, we want to hear from our community so uh, we had an email from ben munro to uh, podcast at com. he says like many people i ignored wolfenstein when it was released in the early stages of 2014 i was burned out on the typical triple a shooter at the time and bethesda's attempt to breathe life into dying franchise certainly didn't inspire me to drop 40 pounds on the day of release yet as the year progressed i kept hearing many critics touting wolfenstein the new order as the best game of the year thus far and so when the game finally started to appear in the sales i decided to make the plunge I was blown away by the absurdity of Wolfenstein. It had character and attitude unlike any other FPS I've played this generation. I don't know whether he means this generation or that generation, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, It's a qualifier we try to avoid. BJ Blaskovitz had both human and superhuman at the same time and a character I could connect with. Machine Games certainly had an interesting story to tell and it was all wrapped up in a robust and enjoyable shooter. Wolfenstein may not have pushed the genre forward mechanically, but in a narrative sense, it's miles ahead of the competition. Thank you for the email, Ben Munro. Next up, we have Baker's 12 from the forum. Who says, on paper, Wolfenstein The New Order is just an old-school FPS about shooting bad mans in heads. But by God, Machine Games used some damn fine paper and ink. Sneaking, shooting, stabbing, or highly fun, running around with two shotguns is a right hoot. I personally think the story is not that good, but it is just a good excuse for the action of the game. But what is very good is the characterization and dialogue. Did I say good? It is at times amazing. My highlights being Blaskovitz's believable relationship with Anya, Fergus's rant at BJ, and BJ's commentary on the pre-war US socio-political landscape, and the inglorious bastard-esque card test by Frau Angle. Speaking of the timeline, the setting of an alternate 60s where the Nazis won the war breathes new life into the franchise, giving this game new and interesting locations to visit that would not have been possible before. Machine Games gave us a Wolfenstein game that we would want and then added a lot of things we didn't know we would want in it. A dumb shooter with brains. Thanks, Bakers. Uh, Lego Solo says i picked this up pretty much when it was released mainly due to the fact that i wanted a new game to play on the xbox one and that i fancied a straightforward shoot people in the face kind of game 
I got what I wanted. Loved it. The alternate history setting really clicked with me as I loved the idea of seeing a world where the Germans won. Possibly not in a I wish that were the case, but a how different the world would be way. It painted a very sad and mundane picture of the world. Obviously, it's way over the top, but you could imagine how horrible it would have been if they did have that sort of control. Just like to uh, point out the difference between Germans and Nazis. <laughs> Make this very clear. Uh, yes. National Socialists. The shooting people in the face was also brilliant, brilliantly achieved. Everything they gave you to do worked really well. The shooting, the stealth, basically everything was executed wonderfully, and I found it great fun. The story was good, if not great, but the general writing was superb. Dialogue was good and funny at times, far better than most shooters manage. But alas, I am still to finish this game. My save is currently at the last boss. I have spent hours trying to kill him and have yet to succeed. It probably doesn't help that I had it on the harder difficulties because I believe there is an achievement attached to that. But I will not lower the settings. So I'm yet to see the credits roll. But one day, yes, one day, I will kill that bastard and bring an end to the reign of the Nazis. One day. Spoilers. He's probably still alive. No, he's not. He's dead. He blow up, actually, doesn't he? Death's head. Yes, I'm pretty sure he's definitely dead, isn't he? It's not like this is the end of No, I think his head's some pieces, but... Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's but unless they should. can resurrect his brain in there in the world, and well, off he goes again. I think it's time for a new Wolfenstein baddie. Well, if, if indeed there is another. Uh, one. Well, if if we're already uh, this deep into spoilers, <laughs> don't don't spoil the old blood. But you, I guess we can't because it's a prequel. But just it's a prequel. Yeah. But I would probably hazard a guess it's maybe time for a new hero. <laughs> Well, no, uh, there's a helicopter. They they make out that Blaswitz dies at the end, don't they? Yeah. With a nuclear bomb goes off and everything. But then there's like this weird helicopter sound that makes it believe that possibly, yeah, they could have possibly picked him up. Yeah. It's it's left pretty ambiguous. I didn't I, did, I didn't get that at okay, all. Okay, there's a helicopter okay. sound that sounds like that maybe they got there before that went off. But actually, I like the idea. Uh, that yes, that was the end of that story. But um, yes. but. You know, they could still potentially. But this continue. is the game industry, right? <laughs> well, but they could continue. Yeah, I mean, there'll there'll probably be another Wolfenstein because this one sold over a million copies, and the, well, there has, and been, there has yeah. been another. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, you see what I mean? But um, but yes, why not? Why not not BJ Blazkowicz? Why not not Deathhead? I mean, it's it, it's the case. Obviously, he's been in every single one, all five now. Yeah. Um, but it, who's and, and and they finally made him a good a, a good protagonist in the fourth well, one. Well, seven so, including um, uh, including yeah. the original. Well, yeah, if you, you kill him off. The, yeah. the sides. Yeah, but um, mm. yeah, I mean, the the power be with them. They made some bold decisions. Yeah. Uh, finally, from the forum for this uh, Wolfenstein: The New Order issue, we have Dan Coyle. He says Wolfenstein: The New Order was one of the games I bought when I finally jumped into into the new generation of consoles with an Xbox One. I hadn't played the series since Return to Castle Wolfenstein, but what attracted me to the project was the fact that Machine Games decided not to implement multiplayer. Sorry to sound like a single-player snob, but so many first-person shooters these days emphasise multiplayer, and while I do enjoy that, I enjoy a satisfying single-player campaign more. The New Order has all the hallmarks of what makes a good Wolfenstein game. Nazis to shoot, mystical elements, crazy sci-fi weapons, and good old BJ scowling his way through the adventure. What I didn't expect was an extraordinarily bleak story wrapped up in a classically over-the-top adventure. The writers at Machine Games put thought into what a Nazi-occupied world would truly look like. Not just the struggles of the oppressed, but the normalisation of fascism. 
The Resistance's token Nazi defector, for example, isn't a man racked by guilt. He believed in the party and considered himself exempt from their rules, until he found out that wasn't the case. This is a game where the protagonist goes to the moon and wields giant laser weapons, but what I fixate on in my memories of it is overhearing two people discussing whether to turn in a neighbour because he's exhibiting unusual behaviour. I also like that the game provided a reason why the Nazis can build all those super fortresses so easily and quickly. Again, this is one of the darkest games I've ever played, but I never felt worn out by the darkness on display, unlike other games that shall remain nameless. And it's not just because Brian Bloom's wry, witty performance as BJ adds the levity. The game portrays its cast, even Death's Head, with nuance. Anya's tale of her cousin is presented not in a shocking or lurid matter, but something simply that happened. Everything in the game feels like it's earned. BJ and the Resistance attempts to ram a spanner into the works of the Nazi machine is thrilling, but it may be a futile gesture. Perhaps to paraphrase Roger Ebert, the only happy ending to BJ Blazkowicz's story is that it's over. All this would not matter one whit if the game were not fun to play, and it is. The controls are crisp, the visuals are fine, although marred by the fact that it's cross-generation. The pacing isn't perfect, but it's still good. I really like the divergent timeline device, a way to make a second playthrough worthwhile. The boss fights are well done and really inspired me to think on my feet. I was hoping for a good game with the new order. It turned out to be great. But as much as I liked it, I find myself even more excited about what machine games will try next. It's a hell of a first effort, guys. Here's to many more. He's right, but one thing that we mentioned there is Anya's cousin's uh, story, mm. which takes place the whole time. That's another collectible it that we never mentioned. It is another collectible, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's long too, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, you, it's a bunch of tapes. You can't not and, collect and it's it, though, fantastic. that one, can you? Because it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool, peeled yeah. out to you. But yeah, it's another interesting element. Right, three-word reviews from Twitter. Uh, disappointing lack of New Order-related puns, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll let it go. Carl? Okay, Adder Black 39 says, frustrating muddled mess. Catatonic gnarly, yada yada Nazis. Dastly Javi, Death's head trip. Jerome McIntosh, dual wielding massacre. Colm Sheridan, old school fun. Stuart Cullen, new old blood. Angry Kurt, amazing, except boss. Daniel Owens, Dual Shotgun Heaven. Don Johnson, She Gets Me. Uh, maybe I, I should have, maybe I, <laughs> maybe I, with my German GCSEs, should have taken that one. Sehr gutes Spiel. Something like that. Very good game. That Thank good you. Game, yeah. Very good game, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Thanks all for your three-word reviews. Um, obviously, it's been a, a mainly positive show. I think you can you can ascertain, and it would have been similar even had we had uh, the the fourth panelist on because we know he loves it. Um, but re- uh, negative views are represented there by Adderblack thirty nine, who found it to be a frustrated, frustrating muddled mess. So, um, yeah, that's your balance. Now, Tony, would you like to summarise? <laughs> um. It's been a weird uh, trip for me. Um, I think you know, comparing um, New Order against all the other Wolfenstein games I've played over the last six months, I think it's it's the most competent one. It's the one that, although I, I loved uh, Wolfenstein 3D, I think you know it's the gameplay wise, it's got everything that is in order. I love the stealth sections. I think they're really well put together. Um, equally, I think once they fail, the the gunplay sections are you know fantastically. Um, engaging as well unlike 
many. I I have to say I wasn't um, engaged in in the story fully. I I think it's full of great ideas, and I don't think it's particularly well executed at points. Um, that's not to say that there isn't some really really well executed bits in there, and the bits that I think are are very well executed. I think a lot of people are pointing out it. It feels really weird that it's in a first person shooter. I think we've come so accustomed for first person shooters just to be well there's here's an arena to go and shoot things um that you know when someone actually does try that it, it sticks out like a sore thumb i just wish they they followed their convictions all the way through um now many might say they they hit the perfect balance but i i found it quite jarring at times um so i'd say that's the that's the down point of of the game for me that it doesn't quite follow through with its convictions but i have to say um you know it's this was built up as quite a yeah, you know, possibly game, con- you know, game of the year contender, and I can see how people would come to that sum- summarization in in their in in their own thoughts. For me, it always felt like it was a really, really competent um, first person shooter, and that actually is saying quite a bit because there's you know, there's not many that will take on the big boys out there now, the Call of Duties, the Halos and the Battlefields. So to actually have a really competent shooter go up against that stuff and actually pull off a bunch of stuff, which I think is probably better than some of those, um, is saying quite a bit. But I would say that to me it never it never got to that absolute classic. I think there's you know, there there's been other first person shooters that have really got under my skin and this wasn't one of them. But it was a, a rock and roll rye from the very start to the very end. Um not perfect, but highly enjoyable um and yeah it definitely was re- I, if somebody would say you know should i play uh no order i'd never go no because it's a, a really fun game in fact i've suggested it to two or three different people that know i've been playing it and said yeah you should definitely check that game out it's a, a really good experience yeah i feel much the same way it's a game that there was there were very few points where when I was playing it where I was thinking, oh my God, I am having the best time ever playing this like I I have with, you know, certain of my all-time favourite games. But equally, and this is perhaps in some ways just as important, there were never really any points when I was bored of it or annoyed by it or frustrated by it. I just had an awful lot of fun with it. Like Tony, I wasn't wasn't as taken with the, um, the actual story as as i was hoping to be but that said now we've talked about it thinking about those characters and performances um while i don't think you know they're they're going to be in my sort of all-time favorite video game uh you know gallery uh it's yeah i i see what people are saying about it you know at least attempting more than than its kind of genre peers in in a lot of cases and um at going for stuff but i do think there is a kind of weird mixture of of darkness and humor and um sometimes it works sometimes for me it didn't work um but i think yeah the most telling thing is that i ended up replaying so many bits of this to to do everything um you know yes i didn't have a lot of money when i was playing this but that doesn't mean that i didn't have still have thousands of hours of other games to play so the fact that it kept my attention throughout several playthroughs um or you know in in terms of going back to levels to find things the fact that i almost ended up speed running sections of it because i i was so familiar with the levels and yet i never got bored the fact that mm. i ended up getting one of only three platinum trophies that i have on on the entire of the many hundreds of playstation uh three and four games that i've played 
uh, says a lot for its quality. And I think as much as anything for its feel and its level design. Um, and and as I say, that the fact that you can just segue at will between uh, approaching areas stealthily or uh, or completely the reverse, guns blazing. As I say, um, it makes me think of Rare's, uh, you know, fantastic N64 shooters in the best possible way, mm. in that it feels a little bit old, but it also feels quite exciting. And yes, well done for not including a multiplayer that everyone would have played for a week and then forgotten about. <laughs> uh, so yes, I'm now really looking forward to downloading or, or getting hold of the disc of the old blood. But um, yeah, recommended and... Yeah, who knows? Could come to PS Plus or Xbox uh, Games with Gold as well. So if you haven't played it yet, that might be your chance. Let's finish with Carl. I think anyone who follows sport or football in particular and has been to grounds and a certain player, for example, may not be performing and he may complain and, you know, you always hear fans say, look, I don't expect you to always be brilliant. I just want you to try, (laughs) right? That's like me and my kids. That's how I feel. (laughs) That's how I feel about games developers. I don't always expect everything to be brilliant in every game, but if you show a little bit of effort in trying to be different or special or little touches, people will pick up on it, and that is essentially why Wolfenstein The New Order got the following and the praise from so many people and word of mouth that it has. It's not the best first-person game I've ever played. It's probably not in my top 10. However, it is one of the best that I have played in recent times. And last year it was helped. I don't think 2014 was a great year for games. I like the fact that it didn't have a multiplayer component because released at a similar time was Titanfall, which was my entirely multiplayer. So that sort of balanced that out Mm. nicely. So for that, it released at a good time for me. Um, I like my first-person games when they try to be a little different with settings or story or touches or alternate worlds. So, for example, something like Bioshock, which is obviously right up there, (laughs) even to stuff like Singularity, which was quite ropey, but had, you know, effort with its weapons and its settings and and, and mechanics. This sort of falls in the middle of those. You know, it's... It has really good first-person shooting mechanics, which is obviously at the forefront and most important for the kind of game that it is. Bioshock sort of got away with it because it was so clever in other ways. Um, This was a Wolfenstein game. It had to get that right. It added a cover mechanic, which is quite possibly best in class for first-person. It's really simple, really effective. Just like you said, Leon, earlier, it just doesn't fail. It's, you know, it's rock solid. Um, It adds the ability to stealth certain areas in a way that you'd think they'd been doing it forever um, because it, it just absolutely works out the gate. It looks nice. It has a solid frame rate. Um, its performance is great. The voice work in particular is something that I really want to draw attention to because, um, like you, Leon, it's not something that I'll forever herald as best in class or anything like that. There are no bad performances in this game. There are no out-of-place performances. Everyone works. The chemistry when they converse with each other in rooms over story. I mean, a lot of this is when I praise the story is more of I'm praising the interaction between characters to deliver the um, the, the secondary story that's happening at the time. You know, the discussions. Uh, we had feedback about the, the person who's thinking about reporting their neighbour for unusual behaviour. All that sort of stuff happens through what you hear in the game. 
Um, and I thought that was handled absolutely wonderfully by obviously a, a very experienced bunch of games designers, but a new company. I mean, there, there was a lot of faith shown in Beth from Bethesda to allow a developer to do what they did with this. And, you know, Machine Games made some really bold decisions. And it's no coincidence that the second that this game came out, I heard people cry and say, now make a Dread game, make a Dread game, because obviously Dread the movie had just been released. It was hyper-violent, had that shooting mechanic, and you, you sort of see the similarities. So for anyone who really wants a very, very solid first-person shooter where where it won't let you down in any department, Wolfenstein The New Order is probably your best option on what we claim to be current-generation consoles, so PS4 and Xbox One. Um, it, it's come right down in price. You've Obviously, you've got the prequel has just come out. Uh, I'd find it very hard to recommend uh, another first-person shooter over this. That's one of your your brief brief uh, pithy summaries there, Carl. <laughs> yeah, I think I did enough talking throughout the episode. <laughs> All right, uh, that's that then. Wolfenstein finished, uh, at least for the time being. Um, who knows in the future? But we still have Doom and Quake series to do <laughs> at some point. <laughs> so, uh, so no doubt we'll be back with some more of that uh, one day, as long as we keep this thing on the road. Uh, it just remains for me, Leon, to thank Tony and Carl, and to tell you that next time in issue 177, it's the very definition of a cult classic, rated 3 out of 10 in IGN, and yet raved about by gaming hipsters like us for a decade. God Hand. God Hand.